Inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us, we just show up and get to work. And the belief that things will grow out of the activity itself and that you will, through the work, bump into other possibilities and kick open other doors that you would never have dreamt if you were just sitting around looking for a great art idea. That quote is from the artist Chuck Close. And it's a great entree into calling your bluff. Because that's what I'm doing right now. I'm calling your bluff. For years, maybe even decades, I think you've known that you have something amazing inside you. Just waiting to get made, to, to be developed, to, to put out there in the world. And whether your dream project is a book, a business, or a play for the local theater group, it's just, it hasn't happened. Whenever a birthday or some other important milestone rolls around, whenever you pause, you step back, and you look at the arc of your life, I'm banking that it occurs to you that this creative work or even this life that you really want to be living is still out there on hold until some, someday. Now, uncreated works of personal expression they are at the top of almost everyone that I talk to, almost everybody's bucket list, right? The thing, the, the business, the book, the, that thing that's inside of you. They're also the item that is most frequently left unchecked when we kick the bucket. <laughs> now, if you've done that work or you actually know, then kudos, you are further along than most, but Knowing that you still haven't done that thing, I'm guessing maybe you identify the problem as a lack of time or a lack of space in your life to do the work. To combat this, I ask you to imagine something. I want you to imagine a kid's reaction if you snatched a crayon out of her hand just as she started drawing a picture. Are you going to have a happy toddler on your hands? No, definitely not. But we do something similar to ourselves every time we refuse that thing that we're supposed to be doing. We refuse our creative calling. Tamping down our creative inspiration is existentially distressing to us. It's part of that underlying, that thing that you can't quite put your finger on. And when our creative self rebels against this treatment, we start to feel these go-to excuses that creativity is for kids or trust funders or people who don't have kids or, or people who don't have a mortgage or it's for people with creative parents or art school degrees or talent or blah, blah, blah. In short, this list of excuses that you've made ultimately boils down to all this stuff is for some, somebody, anybody other than you. It's like you don't, you don't get a crayon. But here's the truth. Each of the creators that you admire, whether they're friends of yours or people who you've read their biographies or watched documentary films about them or people that you follow on the internet, each of those creators were at one point where you are right now. They were stuck, they were afraid, or some, somehow trapped in either not me or not yet, or not now. But they all broke through by doing the work. Great example here, 
the Cuban-American artist Carmen Herrera. She made groundbreaking abstract work her entire life. But get this, her breakout New York gallery show when she was 89 years old. <laughs> she had a Whitney show, a retrospective, when she was 101 years old. If Carmen Herrera can break through, so can you. So will you. But creativity is like fitness. Developing it into its peak is not mysterious. Contrary to what you might believe or what you've been told or what society preaches, it's not all that mysterious. If you're willing to take advice from me, from the show, from a handful of other people, because what I want to do now is I want to share just a couple of perspectives from, say, four people who've been on the show. You can read more about these people. These are people that I would recommend you take a listen to, watch, listen to previous episodes of the show, because they can help encapsulate 95% of the information, the direction that you need to go in order to uncork your life to discover the thing or to be able to do the thing, apply effort toward whatever it is you dream. First person, Ryan Holiday. Now, Ryan's been on the show a few times. Obviously, uh, if you're not familiar with his work, um, you need to get on it. He's uh, one of the first people I'm recommending here or the first person I'm recommending here on the show. Um, he's a, an incredible author. He has brought stoicism. In large part, he's been uh, chiefly responsible for bringing Stoicism, the philosophy that uh, the Stoics lived, uh, into mainstream culture. The stillness that I'm fascinated with, I'm writing about, that I think creative, entrepreneurial people need to think about, is not the stillness of the monk in the meditation retreat or the, the ashram in India or whatever, right? It's not the retreat from the world. It's how do you have the stillness while all the craziness is going on? I opened the book with this story of Seneca, and he's in basically this hotel room <laughs> in Rome 2,000 years ago, and he describes the exact scene and sounds yeah. that we would get if we opened this window right now. And it, yeah, the, the, spa, the splashing, there's some like the splashing of the water on the fat guy jumping in or something. Yeah, he's like, like, he's like detail is amazing. He's, he's staying above a gym. He can hear people getting like massages. Yeah, that's the slapping of the skin. He can hear the groaning skin. old yeah. men. He can hear like the traffic on the street below. Yeah. He can hear the cops arresting someone downstairs. Like, so, so that's his scene. And he's like, you gotta figure, he's like, you have to be able to get to a place where you can tune not only all of that out, because what happens if it's totally silent and now all you're hearing is that voice in your head? You gotta be able to tune that out as well. You gotta get to a place where the Stoics called apatheia or ataraxia. And it just means like you're not jerked around or distracted by anything external or anything internal. And you're just totally locked in and you're 100% on whatever you're doing. This idea of stillness, of quiet, this is often required to understand who we are and what we truly want in our heart. This is not some monk-like existence reserved for the enlightened. Stillness is the idea that you can be a part of a busy life and take time to listen to your heart because that is where the answers to so many of your questions are. 
All right. Another previous guest on the show that I think is outstanding for helping you get unstuck is the poet Jericho Brown. Now, Jericho is the winner of the 2020 Pulitzer Prize for Poetry, um, you know, and New York Times Book Review gave his book, The Tradition, as one of the 100 most notable books of the year. So I encourage you to listen to Jericho because he has had one of the most valuable, practical, very focused, very practical pieces of advice that I have ever heard a guest articulate on the show. The best advice that I can give is to figure out what that would look like. You don't have to do it. You just have to figure out what it would look like. What would a day look like if you were living your dream? Mm. Um, What would a week look like? What would a month look like? What would a year look like? What would be your practices? What would you do when you first got up? What would you do before bed at night? What would your life look like if you were living the dream, if you were living exactly the way you wanted to live? So there are things in your life that you can have now. Once you make that list of what the life would look like, you'll find that there are things in your life that you can have now and you should capitalize on those things. Um, It takes discipline to do anything, a certain kind of consistency and constancy. But you do have five minutes. Um, So write for five minutes every day. If you can write for five minutes every day and be grateful for those five minutes, you'll find 10. If you can do that for a few days and be grateful for those 10, you will soon figure a way to find a half hour. Um, And if you can find a half hour every day, (laughs) you are on your way. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it really just has to do with figuring out everything you want and then looking to see what you have. What, What is it that you can do today? If you are a writer, you call yourself a writer, you see it in your heart and you actually write, then writing five minutes five minutes each day is, is not going to be a problem. It's going to be a joy. Even on the days that it's difficult, you will find value there. And five will turn into 10 and 10 will turn into 30. So what can you do today with very little financial investment, with very limited tools? I don't care about what your craft is. What is it that you can do today? What can you do to do something instead of nothing? All right, a third fantastic example that I would love for you to pay attention to. We've we've recorded on this show before, and she is a force of nature, is Marie Forleo. Wait Before You Consume is a really simple way to help yourself stay on track with your own dreams. And I think it's awesome because you don't have to do it constantly. It's not like you have to give up all of social or all of your favorite shows. I love Stranger Things. There's a lot of things that I like to do. But if you just give yourself this habit of creating before you consume, you can do it without guilt. And you can feel like you're on your path doing important work. Like if I didn't practice create before I consume, this book would have never gotten done. It was really hard. What that looked like for me practically was actually waking up usually around 5 a.m. so that I could get even like an hour of writing in 
or sometimes 90 minutes if I was lucky before the rest of the stuff with the business had to come. And yeah. I failed the first few months that I was trying to write this. Oh my goodness, I made so many mistakes. I was trying to write the introduction before I wrote the rest of the book, which now I'm looking back like, what a rookie uh, mistake. Yeah. How could you do that? But create before you consume is just a great habit. Like even if you've worked for someone else all day when you get home, can you create your next big project or the thing that you want to figure out before you consume the nightly news. Yeah. The premise of this concept is simple. If you wake up every morning and the first thing you do is start consuming the work of other people on the internet or just out in the world, then the likely outcome of that is a belief that, wow, all the stuff out there on the internet is so good where's my stuff, my stuff, where does it rank? If I'm going to, you know, open up a, you know, an internet browser, or I'm going to scroll on my Instagram feed and see Brene Brown, and you start to listen to Brene speak or talk or, or, or read what she has written. The chances are more are less about you being inspired and more about you being, Oh my God, that is some of the best work in the world. And Let's flip this on its head, for example. If you, instead of scrolling through Insta first thing in the morning, what if you personally wrote for 10 or 15 minutes or 20 minutes? You know, go back to the Jericho piece. The phrase create before you consume on the surface is very simple, right? But there's something incredibly valuable about creating content on your own in the morning, creating anything, whether you're gonna get up and you're gonna intentionally make an amazing breakfast or you're gonna write for 15 minutes, you're gonna go on a photo walk, do something that is creative prior to just passively consuming content on your phone, scrolling on Insta or consuming the work of others. By creating first, you put yourself in an active mode, a mode where you have taken a step toward becoming the thing, the person doing the work that you want to do. And the fourth is John Acuff. Now, John is also a New York Times bestselling author, I think of six or seven books. Uh, and on the show in a previous episode, Mr. Acuff said something that resonated very deeply, which is this. I don't believe in writer's block. I believe in idea bankruptcy. I always bring ideas and friends to a blank piece of paper. So I would never start and go, okay, Chase, sit down, write a bunch of new soundtracks. I would go, can we borrow some? Are there people in your life? Are there lyrics? Are there questions? Let's borrow some. The best definition of creativity, in my opinion, is Dorothy Parker, who said, creativity is a wild mind and a disciplined eye. The wildness is you fill your head with all these different topics, a song lyric, something Chase said on a podcast, you know, a book you read, and then you have the discipline to see the connection. Now, I share this John Acuff bit because it feels very juxtaposed to the coaching or the sharing I just did about Marie and creating before you consume. In John's world, and this may be true for you, but you have to be honest with yourself. If you are at a position where you don't have ideas, you, you haven't been able to put your finger on what it is that you want to be or become. If you haven't uh, a project or a product in mind, then it's up to you to take an active role in creating experiences in your life that can fill your bucket up. 
And this is where the roles of curiosity and exploration and imagination come into play. I talk at length about this in Creative Calling. You have to live a life in order to pour enough into your cup so your cup can runneth over, right? If you're spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, if your heart is bankrupt, it's very difficult to create. And if it's very difficult to know what it is that you want to be or become. Now, if that's not your problem or not your station in life and you know what you want to do, then I'm with Marie. Get get cooking, get creating. But John's point here is fascinating to me because this this dispels the idea of writer's block, right? You only have writer's block if you don't have anything to say. And you only don't have anything to say if you haven't explored things that light you up. So again, this show has never been about a one-size-fits-all solution. What I'm hearing from you is you're stuck. What I'm hearing from you is you're looking for inspiration. Now, this show, the four guests that I've just you know shared with you, these ideas are meant to be a shopping list for you. A, It's a menu. The only thing you can do wrong is to do nothing. So I have an ask. Share one thing with me anywhere on social networks that you have done in response to this episode. If you just typed, you know, <laughs> with your thumbs, one phrase, today I fill in the blank of what you did to move yourself closer to your goal. I will be watching. I will be listening. I will do everything I can to like, to follow, to heart, to give you one nudge of encouragement. And I'm also guessing that there's someone in your life that could use this episode, an episode where there are a menu of next steps that you can take if you're stuck rather than the next layer of inspiration that I know and deep in your heart, you know, you don't need. Inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us, we get to work. All right. Hey, before you go, thank you so much for listening. And I want you to know that I appreciate the time, the attention that you give to this show, to the guests, and to yours truly. And I wanted to take a second to say thank you. This community, like any community, is a testament to the saying that a rising tide lifts all boats. By elevating one another, by sharing and resharing the show, the tidbits that you learn, the experiences that you take away from here, we can collectively have a massive positive impact on the world. Now, whether you're new here to my orbit or you've been here for a decade, I would encourage you to think about how you can show up for your peers, for your fellow creators, and the people in your life that you really know and care about. And one way of doing that is to share this podcast. If you got any value from one of these shows or if you've been listening for a long time, you're spreading the love means the world to me. That's how this show gets out. We don't spend a dollar on paid advertising for the show. It's you and me and the guests on the show that help reach new people every week. So I wanted to say thank you. I wanted to remind you that the only way this thing grows is if we grow together. And, uh, and I'm grateful for any and all action that you take to that end. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together.